Or maybe you've been wounded, and the best way for you to defend that is to become so independent that I don't need anybody else. Now, you might be able to fool yourself that but if, on, in your mind, but you know in your heart you can't because God made you that way. He made you to need community with others. And, you know, it's not just that God knows that. The devil knows that too. And that's one of the reasons why he has tried his best to try to isolate, even in the church. Okay, Oh, all right, I lost you, so maybe now you've given your heart to Christ, you've become a Christian, your soul has been redeemed, and you have eternal life. Well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make you as miserable as I can here on this earth. And I'm going to isolate you from everything that you are supposed to be in community with, and I want to keep you apart, and I want to keep you in, in one way or another apart from that. Well, listen, you know what? God wants you, every single one of you, Every single one of you, not just this service, but also in the service that was here earlier. Every single one of you. God wants you to live in community with people, especially other believers. Well, how can we win the world? You know what? You do it God's way, not your way. If we'll do what God's called us to do and told us to do, God will bring the people. He's the one who draws. He's the one who brings people. There's not a single one of you that are here because of another person. You're here because God drew you. He brought you to this day, and he brought you for the service that's here. Now, I don't know what it is that God will speak to you or what he'll do in or through this. This is a family service today. It's a service that we, you know, once in a while, as a church family, once in a while, we need to do some family business. We need to have some family time. We need to do some things that will explain some of the workings of the family so that everybody can know. Because you know what? We've got new people in the family. And so we have to do those things. And this is one of those days. Now, God knows, and the devil knows. And there's a battle in this. They know both of them, that if we make this choice and decision to live on our own, that we slowly begin to fade away. We slowly begin to die. We need meaningful relationships. We need meaningful um, uh, commitments from other people in our life and to be committed to other people. It's a God-given need that we have. I, some of you might remember, if you were around a year or so ago, we were going through the Gospel of Luke, and I, I did some research to find out uh, what the Bible, what does the Bible say about the church? Not just what does the church say about the church, but what does the Bible say about the church and about the people, his people, and what does the Bible say that we're supposed to do? I mean, don't you think that would be a valuable thing for the church to know what God said about the church and what the church is supposed to be doing? Well, you know what? Then maybe you need to do some research on that. Look it up. You'll find that there are a whole bunch of things that God says about the church. In fact, it's a pretty popular topic for him. In the New Testament alone, just a simple just search going through the, the New Testament scriptures, I found over 50 scriptures that had to do with the church and the purpose of the church and the meaning of the church and what the church is supposed to be doing. Over 50 scriptures. And of those 50 scriptures, you can take them and you can break them down basically. In, in, when you start looking at them, you can put them all into basic five categories. And, and in those five categories, you'll find that when God's talking about the church, he talks about evangelism. 
It's one of the things he talks about. He talks about discipleship in the scriptures. He talks about service. He wants you, as the church, to be serving others. He talks about worship. This is we've come together in a corporate place of worship. That's what he longs for the church to do, to be worshiping, not just here, but in our homes, for our lifestyle of worship. And he also talks about fellowship. Now, let me ask you, of all of those five topics there, which one do you think is most common in Scripture? Which one do you think he talks about the most in Scripture? I know, I know you guys have probably gotten a little bit of a leaning as to which way I'm going here. <laughs> Far and away, he talks about fellowship more than anything else. And fellowship it comes from, if you look it up, fellowship comes from the Greek word koinonia. And koinonia means sharing in common. That means that as the church, one of the main things that God wants to get through to the church is that, that we would walk in fellowship, that we would walk in a sharing together. And I'm not talking about the offering. Okay, there's some things that are, believe it or not, there are a lot of things that are way more important than the offering. And it's the sharing together where we as in fellowship begin to build relationships one with another. When we begin to share our lives with somebody else and allow somebody else to share their life with us. Something in which we do with other Christians. This is that, what that fellowship looks like. And so in, those, in, in the 50 scriptures in the New Testament that talk about the nature of the church, and this is the part I did share with you in the sermon that I, uh, that I brought. Um, in those 50 plus verses that God uses in the New Testament to describe the church, you will find that almost half of them have this one little phrase in there. And that phrase is, one another. One another. One another. One another, over and over again. And he gives us these instructions throughout the scripture about how we're to look at Jesus and how Jesus related to his disciples and then we're supposed to do what Jesus did. That's the way that we're supposed to treat one another. Now let me, let me just say this. This is one of those things, you might want to write this down. You cannot fulfill the verses that command you to do things one another without one another. All right. Just, we'll call that a Pastor Markism. You, we need one another. To be obedient to God, we need one another. You know, the overarching, if you look at the, the commands that God gives us, and they are commands that he gives us, church. Look, does God have the ability to command you to do something? Yes. That, was a, uh, that sounded about like 30% are on that. Now, uh, the other 70% are like, he's tricking us. <laughs> of course he does. He's God. He's creator. We're creation. He's father. We're the sons. We, we, we are called to listen and to obey. If you love him, you will obey him, it says. Amen. 
Well, listen to what the scripture says, because the overarching command that God gives to the church in scripture after scripture after scripture is that we would love one another. And it begins in John chapter 13 and verse 35. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. Do you, do you want people to know that you're a disciple of Jesus? I mean, that should be something that as disciples that we want to do. You know, God didn't call any of you, any of us. There's not a single one of us here that has the call of, a, of an undercover agent for Jesus. Okay, he's called us to get out there and to be vocal and let people know. Well, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Amen. And church, you can't do that. Without koinonia, without fellowship. You can't, you can't obey that command without fellowship. And again, there's many, many more. How many of you are glad you came today? Amen. Praise God. Well, I want you to know that this is not the fellowship he's talking about. He says this in Romans chapter 12 and verse 10. He says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourself. You can't do that without one another. Amen. Ephesians 5.21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. You can't do that without one another or with the kononia. Colossians chapter 3 verse 13, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Romans 15, 7, accept one another. Then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 Therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Galatians 5.13 You, my brothers, were called to be free. Come on, anybody ex want to experience the freedom of God? The freedom that we have in Christ? To walk in that freedom? Well, this is what he says. Though. You're, you're, the, you're free. If you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, He has provided freedom for you. But do not use your freedom to indulge in the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. And church, he's talking to the church about the church and what he's asking the church to do. And you can't do that without one another. Without fellowship. And it's busy culture that we live in, though. Who's got time for that? I mean, come on. So how can we possibly do that? You know, again, God doesn't command us to do anything that he doesn't empower us to give us the ability to do. The problem's not with God. The problem's with us. And the problem's with our priorities and what we deem is important. But again, Jesus says, if you love me, obey me. And this is one of the things he's commanding us to do. And the best way I can think to be able to do all of this is by investing your time in relationships inside of a small group with a group of people that are like-minded and longing to see the fulfillment of those commands in their life as well. Amen. Getting involved. And, and love and time go together. 
You know what? If you want to show your love to people, then you got to share some time with them. you got to make some time for them. We'll never grow to love people that we don't make time for, people that we don't know, people that we don't literally come to care about. We'll never be motivated to serve those people and to, to forgive them. We can look around here and, you know what? It's really easy not to see a need to serve or a need to forgive or a need to, to give of ourselves or to encourage or to submit. There are some people who come to church over and over and over again, have never encouraged anybody. Because again, this isn't the place that God's going to make those things happen. Let's face it, I've said this before. In large groups like this, this is not where we make friendships. This is where we make acquaintances. This is where we hopefully learn their name. But it's not the place where we build relationships. It's this place here where, honestly, we, we look, there's not a single one of you. I mean, you hear the message, but nobody knows what happens when you leave the doors of this church. Nobody knows what's going on in your life. I mean, again, this is important for worship, for the hearing of God's word. We want to know what's going on with all of those things. But listen, you'll never, inside the walls of the church, basically, you'll never really get to know, get to know one another in this large group setting. Every single one of you will, will leave this. Look, one of the things about this group setting, and this is why so many people, okay, I'm comfortable going to church, but uh, I don't know about that life group thing, is because inside this, the walls of the church, right here, for every one of you, there is absolutely zero accountability to what you do with the message that we share with you. True. You walk out the doors, and, and you, know, you may be by the stop sign down there cursing the other drivers when we just talked about taming your tongue. But there's just no accountability inside the walls of the church like that. You're not accountable to what you've been taught. That's why I want to challenge you, and I want to challenge the church. I want to challenge every single one of you. If, you. if New Life is your home and you believe this to be your church, then I want every single one of you to begin to think small so that we can get the big results that God wants to have for the church. To think small so we can have big results means that we have got to make small groups, life groups, a priority in our life. Amen. That we all need to be plugged in. We all need to be a part of that. Not just because the Bible says so, but because we believe that God will bring the big results that we want in our life and, praise God, in the church to the glory of God. Amen. You know, I, I talk about this a lot. I, I mean, I love the fact that the places, you know, that we're full... But there's still a lot of people out there that aren't saved. Yes. And I don't count, we don't look at numbers in the church, but let me, let's face it, you know, every single number is a person. Amen. And we should care about that. We should want to see people come to know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of their life. Without Jesus, they perish and go to hell. I don't care what religion they're a part of. Religion never saved anybody. In fact, religion may be one of the things the devil uses that's a powerful tool to see people not being able to get saved. So church, we have to do what the Bible says. And, and that means that we begin to think small so that we can see these big results. Well, what are those big results? Ask a life group, somebody that's a part of one. Ask a life group leader. They'll tell you about the lives that are changed. They'll tell you about the things that have happened in the lives of people that are a part of those things. 
But what are some of the things that happen? Why should I go to a life group? And I want to give you some reasons here outside of, I mean, again, they'll, they'll back up what we just heard as far as Scripture goes. Life groups produce a place for us. They provide a place where we can develop friendships with other disciples. The friendships that we can't gain here are friendships that we can gain inside of a life group, a small group of people. Well, I don't need that. Well, you know what? Maybe it's not all about you. Maybe you need to get outside of yourself and everything being about you and centering around you. Y'all know that earth is not the center of the universe? Which means you're not the center of it either. (laughs) Maybe the life group's not about you. Maybe it's about what somebody needs from you. Maybe it's about what you bring. Maybe somebody needs you. Life groups provide a safe place to find the answers to some of the spiritual questions that you have. You know what? You can leave church with a, I mean, I can have said some, you know, really hard things in the sermon, and you leave with all kinds of questions and all kinds of thoughts. Where do you do with them? This wonderful place to begin to deal with that is inside of a life group. Life groups produce and provide a place for you to be used of God. God, what's my call? I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Go to life group and let God use you. Or the next thing is go to a life group and let people help meet the needs in your life. You know, we all have needs. But we want to put up this air of I'm okay, everything's fine, everything's great. I don't need anybody. When you know as well as I do that you're struggling inside. We need to let people help you. And life groups provide a place for you to be involved in the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Amen. To see the church multiplied. To see the church grow. So what happens in life groups? It's one thing to walk through the doors of the church. A whole other thing to go to somebody's house. And what are we going to do there? I mean, is it like Kool-Aid and snakes? <laughs> What do we do there? Let me just break it down very, very simply for you. You'll come to a life group and people will invite you in and you'll come in and have some small talk and some opportunity to share some of the things that have been going on through the week, to share your life and to hear about what's going on in the lives of others, to spend some time talking and getting to know each other. Then you'll have a Bible discussion, a discussion I send out notes to all of the life group leaders and they have questions that go along with the sermon that I'm preaching. And so you'll go through those. All, much of that is also in your, on the app, in the sermon notes. And you can go through that and they'll go through and you can ask the questions and talk about it. Bring your insight. Bring something. Again, I've told you over and over again, my sermons are not exhaustive. Therefore, you all have something to add to it and to bring to it and to be a blessing with. So come and and do those things. It's really important that you'll pray for each other and pray for the needs of others that are around you. And then in the groups, there's the breaking of bread, which is, again, very biblical. So every kind of group is there. There's groups for all kinds, and uh, I want you to get involved in a life group. And today we're going to take a moment, and I am going to, uh, first I'm going to ask, I want all of our life group leaders to come on up here and join me, would you please?
So I want to take a couple of minutes. And again, I, I want to um, give you an opportunity with just a couple of minutes to get to know what our life group leaders are about, what their, um, what their life group looks like, what it, uh, lo- you know, the times, what it is that the, you know, our kids invited. To the, some groups have kids, some don't. Some are, are for the young people. Some are, you know, we have, there's some distinctions in some of the groups, but most of the groups are open to anybody. And I want to give these guys an opportunity to share with you. I am going to ask all of you to please be respectful. Mike has some, a timer back there. I know we got preachers and teachers and all kinds of <laughs> gifted people here. And um, again, uh, I, I want to make sure we get through everybody. So make sure you just keep that in mind. Um, I am going to begin with um, Adam and Karen. Adam, where's Karen? Come on up here, Karen. Um, Adam and Karen... Cleveland. Adam is working. He is out of town this weekend, so he can't be here. Adam and Karen are going to be transitioning out of being life group leaders, and they are going to move into the role of leadership in the life groups altogether. They're going to begin to go to different groups and just kind of get, you know, be just be eyes and ears as to what's going on. How can we do this better? What can we do better? How can we be better at what we're doing? And so they're going to help with that and, and they're going to be reaching out to try and get all of you plugged into some things and that's going to be their focus. So what, and Daryl, come on up here. Daryl and Kate, Kate is home sick today, so please keep her in prayer. But this is Daryl Walker. Daryl is, uh, they, they've been a part of Karen and Adam's group for, uh, since they came. And so they are uh, going to begin to take over that group. And so I'm going to have them both share just a little bit about where they are, what their group has got going on, and why life groups are so important. And we'll give everybody an opportunity to take a couple of minutes and share what is happening in their group. All right? Go ahead, Karen. Restart the timer, please. Yeah. <laughs> when we first started our life group, uh, I was really excited about it, but I had no idea the depths of love and unity God was going to root in my life through the relationships. And my life group is sitting on the back row for this service, and I'm just like, my heart was so full last week when we were all there and everybody showed up. My house was full, my heart was full. I just, it was like a family reunion getting together with everybody and the relationships we've grown. Everybody's there for everybody. We have, uh, we have a group text where uh, if somebody's struggling, they'll put it on there and people show up with meals or we pray, people are typing prayers on there for each other and words of encouragement. I mean, it's just, it's wonderful and I love it. And um, last, uh, over this weekend, we had a flood at my house and it wasn't in our house, but it was on our property. Our root cellar was halfway full of water. And it was like one in the morning and I'm like trying to pump it out and putting it out. And people were praying. And a lady in our life group sent her boys the next day to help me build these sand walls. And I'm just like, God is so amazing. It was Kate and Daryl's boys. Kate was at, or Daryl was at work. <laughs> they all came and helped me do all this hard work and Adam's gone. And I couldn't have done it without him. And I just love and appreciate them. And it's a sad thing, you know, that we're not going to be leading the group, but I'm just so happy that Kate and Daryl are taking over.
because it's, it's just a wonderful transition right now. And I'm going to hurry and really quickly read something that Adam texted me and asked if I'd hurry and say. He said, for me, there are many parts of life group that are amazing to me. But what stands out the most to me is this. We are there for each other when each other needs us there the most. When someone is in a crisis or is struggling, we all keep each other in the loop and we all come together to help. To me, this is doing life together. This is what fellowship is all about. So. Hello, everyone. I'm Daryl. Uh, my wife is Kate. Uh, probably more of you know Kate than know me. I'm known at the city gates by her. So, uh, she, uh, she, uh, we, we moved uh, here about a year and a half. Uh, we were actually in the church before we got the house. And so, uh, and I know, you know, uh, I would not have gotten known anybody without a life group. Life group. Um, and I will tell you, life groups were made for people like me. I tend to be argumentative and surly and uh, just not altogether an attractive personality. And so, as you saw, the Bible says you have to be my friend. And uh, Kate, on the other hand, is everything I'm not. She's warm and inviting and she knows people's names. I cannot remember a name to save my life. It's an actual handicap. Uh, so, but I remember what you said if you come and, 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 uh, and share yourself in our group. And so I, I, really, I really enjoy it. And we knew from the moment when we saw life groups, we knew eventually we'd host one. We enjoy hosting in our room, uh, in our home. Uh, down in, uh, we're in South Rim. Is anybody from South Rim or Stockton? See, almost nobody said that. I got, I do have a vision. God, not that long ago, well, a little while ago, he's told me that I was going to be part of a revival. And I believe that we're going to, uh, South Rim and Stockton are going to be given over to God. And, um, and they're going to be Pentecostal, too. So, so if, you, if you want to be part of a revival, God would not put that on my heart to... Uh, to pray for that if he wasn't going to come through, right? So, uh, I mean, knows that about God. He doesn't, he doesn't put it on your heart that way. So, I uh, will say I got one thing I got going good for Kate. She grew up in Utah. If you can tell from Max, and I'm a little further south than that. So, I grew up in Georgia. I took her there for 15 years. And in that term, she learned to cook Southern. So... <laughs> I love the climate here, the views, the sunsets. I know everything about Utah, but your food is a, just a little bit lacking. <laughs> she, she can cook that comfort food now, let me tell you. I'm, I, I am not kidding. She learned it, and, uh, and we'll be having a lot of that. So if you enjoy that type of thing, uh, we'll, we'll bring the comfort. And um, as iron sharpens iron, so does one man's face sharpen another. We got to do this face-to-face so come and join us. Oh, and we got about an acre, acre and a half, uh, goats, rabbits, chickens, volleyball court. So uh, kids are welcome. And I got built-in babysitters. You just just bring yourself. Bring yourself. That's all we need. So, yeah. Amen. Thank you, Daryl. Mitch and Grace Blue. Hello, church. My name is Mitch. This is my lovely wife, Grace, and since she is more interesting than me, I'll be handing the mic to her here pretty quick. I am sorry to say the last time we didn't notice the clock in the back, and I think we spoke about eight minutes. 
So we're not going to do that this time. You're getting the short and sweet version. Uh, we meet right after church in our home. We have a little group that gets together, and we potluck. This is what happens when you potluck every week. Okay, we have great cooks. We have great food. You're all welcome, but we're juvenile-free, if everybody knows what that means. We're, we're the more mature group. That's not how we act, but that's our age. We're the more mature group. Okay, our goal as a group, Paul had some people in Acts chapter 17 that he was really pouring some praise on. He, he said, there's these guys in Berea. They have a church. Has anybody heard of the Berean church? Why did he praise them? They didn't take his word for things. They studied it. They'd listened to him, and they went and searched the scriptures to see if what he said was true. That's our goal for everybody in our group because I don't change lives. I know maybe I do in bad ways, but God's word is what changes your life for the better. And we want people to spend time in there. We want to help them understand what's being said. And I went to a class on hermeneutics, and the saying was, text without a context is a pretext. If you want to find out what that means, come to our group. And my lovely wife, Grace. All right. You got seven <clears throat> seconds on go. <laughs> okay, thank you all. <laughs> I left my notes. I came up with notes and go, okay, that'll keep me on track. <laughs> I had no clue Mike was giving us a countdown. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I can't imagine life without life group. Um, you do life together. We've um, laid three to rest. Um, Matthew found me a daughter-in-law at Life Group. <laughs> um, we've birthed the Mary and Martha's <clears throat> Life Group, and we're expecting twins. So we're kind of full, but we're looking forward to... Um, that's my heart, is to grow and birth new life groups so that you can experience what we experience in a life group. You have to experience it to know what we're all talking about. So. Amen. Thank you, Grace. Thank you, Mitch. Jonathan and Sarah Fairclough. Okay. Ready? Okay. Don't worry. I won't take long. Uh, so you have to put up with me if you come to our life group. Uh, I like to talk about the Bible, kind of a Bible nerd. Um, but between Charity and I and a few others, we get into some pretty good discussions. Uh, we have kids running around everywhere from one years old to 13 years old. Um, it's really just designed to sharpen each other, um, but also to help you be ready for the week. I think you underestimate what it'll do for you to gather together, talk about what's going on in your life. It's really kind of relaxed, low pressure, just hang out. Hey, how was your week? You know, what's, what can we help you with coming up? Um, it'll really change your week to just involve some other people. Um, and like Pastor said, you know, it's easier to just coast in and out. It takes a lot of work to, to break into. But don't be afraid. Like, we're a totally open group, and um, it's not as intimidating as you might think. 
Um, and you'll realize that everybody's going through something. And we really do need each other. I think um, the enemy really wants you to think that you're on the outside, but you can easily step right in and be in the middle of just an amazing thing of fellowship that only God can do. Um, and it doesn't matter where you're at in your life, whether you're, you know, you're just questioning your faith or you're spiritually mature, whatever, wherever you're at, there's something that God can do as we talk about the word that will apply to your situation. So we just trust him with that. And I'm going to let Sarah say the last 20 seconds. Thanks, babe. You're welcome. Um, really, um, the thing that I want in my group is for y'all to feel like you can be yourselves. Um, and that means being real with us and raw with us with how you really are doing um, so that we can pray for you and um, come alongside you and help you in any way that um, you need it. Uh, the time is at 4 o'clock on Sundays. And um, we change our location in the summers because we have a small place and we like our neighbor's backyards better, or our, our uh, <laughs> people's backyards better. So if you want to come and hang out, uh, just let us know. Yeah? Okay. Love you guys. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, guys. James and Randy Gardner. Ready? <laughs> Go. Hey, we're the Gardeners. Uh, this is my wife, Randy. We have five kids ranging from 15 to 4. Um, we're stepping into kind of our busy season right now. We've got six birthdays and six weeks coming up here, so uh, we're going to be busy. Um, uh, Life Group has been a, an amazing thing for us because we've been able to see our family blessed by it also, not just the families that come to our Life Group. Uh, my teenagers are just growing and maturing so much through that. It's nice to see my 15-year-old son come home and ask us, like, hey, I'm, I'm trying to evangelize to some people at my work. How do I do this? And the maturity that comes with that's really cool. My younger three kids are kind of like zookeepers. They keep all the other kids in, <laughs> busy and entertained while we're, while we're trying to do life groups. Um, but it's been, a, it's been an amazing experience, just the friendships and everything that we go through. Like, we, if you come to our house, like, we do life together. Like, you're, you're not, we're not going to try to hide anything from you. Like, we'll have piles of dirty clothes and a dirty di sink full of dishes. So that's who we are. But, uh, like, we're, you just come as you are. We love kids. Uh, and we just are... Super welcoming to, excited to have people there. We do have a few vacant seats because we just lost some of our members that are starting their own life groups. So, yeah, let us know if you're interested. Um, Sylvia's done my dishes. <laughs> so, thank you. <laughs> um, so, we do have snakes, by the way. Um, we do not have Kool-Aid, though. We have Crystal Light. <laughs> so, but we name our snakes so they're not so scary to the seven-year-old. So his name is Jeremy. You'll see him around sometimes. Um, <laughs> um, we do want you guys to come as you are. So we want to celebrate your failures and your celebrations. We, um, we also fell, and we also celebrate. So we want you to just come as you are. Um, and... We love post-Mormon ministry. Um, we love to discuss the differences in the, the doctrine. Um, so if that's something that is interesting to you, we would love to see you. Um, we also love to do children's ministry. I'm a daycare provider through the week, and then we help in kids' ministry sometimes on the weekend. And James is uh, one of the ranger leaders. Um, so some of the 
the most amazing um, friendships that we have have been birthed from our life group. Um, people that um, I talk to uh, weekly um, have come from life group. Um, we have gotten to know people in such a deep way because of the conversations we have. People tell things that they normally wouldn't say um, in a big group. And so um, it's been really nice to be able to open up and be able to share really what's going on in your life instead of um, putting on that mask that a lot of us do. So um, it is always a privilege when people call for a listening ear or prayer. I know James likes that too. Um, our life group um, as a whole has gone through some really tough stuff over the last two years. And it's been amazing to um, not only walk through that with Jesus, which is the biggest thing, but to be able to have somebody to walk through that with you has been huge. Um, we look forward to hosting every week, and um, our kids wake up every Sunday without fail and ask us who is coming, um, and they want to get ready because they love it. So um, we are not having life group today because it's my mom's birthday, so I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but we meet Sundays at 2.30. We live in Rush Valley, um, so it's a little bit of a drive, but it's totally worth it, and um, we'd love to have you. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys very much. John and Allie Mastro. Awesome. So I'm John and this is my wonderful wife, Allie. And uh, we've been married for about 10 years. Um, done ministry together for since we were little kids. Um, and uh, we're excited just to be a part of life groups. And uh, it's a privilege to do it. Um, we have three kids. Uh, six, four, and one. Uh, so kids are welcome. We love kids. And our kids always ask us, are we having life group? Are we having life group? Uh, they could see Oliver and you know, whoever else is, is going to be there. And they're, they're really excited. Um, so if you have kids, great. If not, some people don't have kids either. Um, but uh, we're just excited. And uh, it's, it's a privilege. And we hope that uh, you guys can make it out. You know, Sunday's at four. As you can see, there's a, a ton of people up here, ton of group leaders. Um, there's a lot of you out there. <laughs> I know some of you guys go, but please uh, make it a priority and, and uh, come out to a life group. We love to have you. You know, we got three floors that get destroyed and a backyard. Uh, so, you know, we don't care. Come over. Your kids are welcome. And it's, it's a great time. It's fun. Hi, I'm Allie. Um, yeah, John and I grew up together. We've known Pastor Mark since we were kids, since we were five and ten years old. So um, we moved out here from Arizona, and yeah, we've been doing a life group since they started a few years ago now. And um, yeah, it's just been really good for us and for the I think for the people that come. Uh, I think we've just really got a good diverse group, a lot of different opinions and feelings and we get into those deep conversations and we started, we used to be at 6 p.m. and then we changed it to four thinking, oh, we'll like wrap up earlier and now it's just like four to 10 p.m. You don't have to stay till 10, but if you want to, um, people will be there. So um, yeah, we thought, we'll, we'll see. School is starting next week, but um but yeah, we're just, uh, we love hosting. I, 
there are so many great life groups. So I would also encourage you, like, try them out. We've had some people come and end up at somebody else's, and some people come from other ones, and we are not offended by that. Um, I mean, ours is the best, so you would be wrong if you went to another one, but we do love, no, I'm just kidding. But seriously, there's so many great ones to try, and I think it's great when you find that perfect fit, because we have had some people say, like, we just feel right here, and we love that, and um, we want you to feel at home in our house. So, uh, yeah, that's us. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, John and Ellie. Michael and Chris. Um, Chris is actually somebody had to do children's church today, so. Yeah, so lucky me, I get the full two minutes. So So I want to start off by reading something. So it says, uh, Michael and Chris's life group has helped strengthen our relationship with Christ by providing a safe place for vulnerability, accountability, and individual growth. A place where we can come together and discuss the word of God and learn from one another. Life Group provides an opportunity to come alongside one another to serve and support, but also to be supported when in need. Life Group provides a place to love and mentor one another no matter what season you're at in life. Life Group will provide a sense of togetherness and a connection with the goal of moving forward in a deeper, more intimate relationship with Christ. Life Group will help you find your qualities and strengths that you can bring to the group or even your areas that you need uh, growth. Here in Life Group, we laugh, we cry, a little inside joke, we enjoy bacon, and most of all, we come together as a family in Christ. So I asked somebody in our group to kind of give a quick testimony, and I don't blame them. They didn't want to come up here. I'm shaking too. Um, But I, I wanted to be set apart from the other Life Groups, so we're not all the same, but this testimony is the same in every Life Group. This, I mean, situations like this are constantly happening. Um, so, I mean, it's... I'm struggling on this one, geez. Um, we're here just to come alongside of you, and we meet Sundays at 5.30 out in Grantsville. Um, we don't allow kids. They allow us. We, we are far outnumbered, um, but we like it. I mean, we're, we're raising up the next generation of life groups. So these kids are like all the other groups. Are we having life group today? Is it Sunday? Yes. Who's coming over? We'll find out. What are we having for dinner? Food. You know, it's like, you'll be fine. Just, your people will show up. And even if they don't, my family still gets together and does it. So it's a practice that we have. It's a commitment we made. Um, I know it's a lot of information. I don't know if we got mentioned last service, but all this information is on the website and on the app. So if you want other details, if you miss some stuff, you can check that out. But yeah, ooh, I got 10 seconds left. Who's next? All right. Trevor and Lauren are uh, beginning a new life group. And uh, tell us what you guys are doing. Yeah, we've, uh, uh, we've had an awesome group uh, for a really long time, and uh, just not from our own desire, but from what God is doing, he is changing that life group, and so um, uh, we are, are kind of refocusing and repositioning, and, and so uh, Lauren and I have had a heart for teenagers forever, which is good if you're the youth pastor, like, <laughs> that helps, um, and so... Uh, uh, you know, uh, young people. There's probably nothing more important to a teen in a, to a teenager than their friends. Uh, their peers are their life, and so um, our desire has always been as youth pastors to create a community of young people who would be loving. The Lord and serving God together in a really passionate, radical way. Uh, just you know, you know, not 
uh, not of this world, but just pursuing God and uh, uh, challenging their faith. And that's what we want to see, and that's what we want to do. And so we thought, you know what? Uh, uh, we've hung out with the old people long enough. They're too boring. Uh, just kidding. You guys are all right. Um, but uh, uh, we're like, you know what, let's, let's, let's focus on these teenagers. And so that's what we're going to do starting today we're, uh, uh, for all teenagers, uh, seventh grade uh, on up. We, uh, uh, they're invited over to our house, and uh, we're going to hang out with them and just do life with them and, uh, and watch as, as God uh, brings these young people together uh, to, uh, man, trying to serve God by yourself is so hard when you're a young person. I mean, it's hard when you're an adult, right? But it's like almost impossible as a teenager. And so there's nothing more powerful than a group of friends who say, hey, let's chase God together. And uh, so that's what we want to see happen, and, and that's what we'll be doing. So, yep. Awesome, awesome. Thank you guys very, very much. Looking forward to that. Charles and Lori Sykes. All right, so everybody knows the worst thing to do is have to public speak, right? So don't mind my notes. So, you know, for us, our group is out in Grantsville. Um, there's plenty of room. You're welcome. We want you to come. You know, it, it did help us. Uh, the first time we had a group helped us to uh, unwind some of our religiosity that we had been ingrained with growing up, and, and we've changed that. Um, it really does give us an opportunity to really make friendships. If it's for a season, a reason, or a lifetime, and we have all of those happening from our group. Um, don't be afraid to join us. Don't be afraid to step out. Take that first step because that is what it takes. We've all been new once, but after that, you're no longer new. Um, you know, if you know the Bible or you don't, come to a group. We're all open. We're all going to teach. We're all here to help and learn together. We're not know-it-alls. We're not going to always have everything right. We stumble, we fall, but we welcome you. And uh, really, we do have room. Um, get uncomfortable for just a minute. Now I'll let my lovely wife speak. Okay, so... Um I think that when you start a new church, you come to church, whether you've been here a long time or just starting, it's hard to get to know people, and maybe you felt welcome at first, or um, maybe you don't feel quite welcome, and you wish you could connect more and have good friends. This is the way to do that, um, and, and do it scared, as we were saying earlier. Um, we have a 24-year-old, a 23-year-old, and a 9-year-old boy. The girls are gone, and so we just have a little boy. Um, and we, uh, we meet after church, usually about two to four. We, we eat and then we have, we talk and we do what pastor tells us to do and we do other <laughs> things too. Um, and it's a safe place. You know the phrase, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, what happens in life group stays at life group. But can I get an amen? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and also that means that you can, you can be vulnerable and you can, you can let your guard down and just tell us what's going on. I want, we want to hear your story. You guys have a story, we have a story, and we want to get to know you and build those relationships. And as Pastor said earlier, let us help you in your needs. We want to help you get you to the airport and back. We want to help you get to the doctor and back. We want to help you and your family. We want to pray with you. And we want you to pray 
to decide which life group you want to go to because you're coming, right? So, <laughs> so pray over it and um, just go with your gut feeling. All right, amen. Paul and Stephanie Smith. This is a brand new life group that's just coming out of the gardeners. All right, yeah, we're the Smiths. I'm Paul. This is my lovely wife, Stephanie. Um, we've been married five and a half years, maybe a hair more. Um, we have two teenagers at home, and between us, we have five grown kids that are out of the house. And don't ask me to repeat their ages because I'll forget. I won't know. Uh, we also have a, a big dog that's our baby. Uh, so if you hope you like dogs. <laughs> um, our life group, uh, we have a, a real heart for step family ministry because we're a step family and we've been deeply involved in that. So our house will be very open to step families, but we're open to everyone. No matter what your story is, what, your, what you have, we, we want you to come. We want you to spend some time with us and yeah, let's eat together. Let's uh, hang out. We could use some friends. So we're here by ourselves. We haven't done this yet. So, you know. Anyway, I'm going to turn the rest over to my wife. Uh, we've been so blessed to see it done so well by the gardeners and under leadership like Pastor Mark and Miss Joni, showing their heart and being vulnerable and being so real. And just the way that they do it with all their heart is so amazing. And I think doing that being known by people is so risky sometimes. But I'll tell you, um, living that way and living with arms wide open and sharing your life with other people is worth the risk. Amen? Because we are doing what we were created to do and love God and love others and be in community. And we come alive when we're doing what we were made to do. And so I'm um, so excited to start a new group. We're meeting today for the first time ever. So uh, we've had a, a pot of Chile Verde cooking in the crock pot since 7 p.m. Not to sway you, just letting you know. No. <laughs> It'll be eaten one way or another. <laughs> and we're just brand new to this um, life group thing. So if you're new to it, come on out and we'll figure it out together. Amen. <laughs> but I will tell you honestly, um, every week something comes up that makes us think, oh, maybe we shouldn't go. Every week there's a reason. We're tired, we're busy, we're doing this. We always have a reason. And, and then when we get there, we're so glad we're there. We're like, yes, what were we worried about? So whatever reason you might even have in your head right now, why you've decided you're not going, just push past it. Insecurities, fear, rejection, like whatever it is, let's push past it together and hang out. Amen? Amen. Okay. Amen. All right, thank you, Oh, we're guys. four to six, and we live in Overlake. All right. Chris and Linda Bond. This is a brand new group that is coming out of uh, Pastor Trevor and Lauren's group. Yeah, there's your name. Spelled wrong. Hi, I'm Chris. This is my wife, Linda. We uh, live right over here um, by the church. We have three daughters who are 21, 21, and 21. <laughs> I mean, I mean, 16, 13, and 10. Um, we, we're new to this. We, uh, we kind of like to do the outdoorsy stuff. Um, but we're open to kids, no kids, whatever. Um, we're not going to start today. Kind of had a crazy camp trip, so we're going to start next, next week. Um, Unless anyone wants to come help us unpack and fix my husband's truck, you are more than welcome to come over. <laughs> Yeah. 
<laughs> okay, I guess I'll take it over. Um, trying to think of the things. I'm like, had a million things going through my mind. Like, I want to tell them about this, and I want to tell them about that. Um, but Life Group has been huge for us. We are a part of the Rickards Life Group um, all this time. And it was so sad. Like, the day that, it was so funny, because the day that they kind of announced to all of us that they were thinking about switching to youth was the day that on the way over there, I was like, maybe, we, maybe it's time for us to start a Life Group. And it was just so funny how God, God worked it out. Um, but... Just want to encourage you guys to go do hard things. You know, it might be uncomfortable at first. You might get totally embarrassed or have your children embarrass you. But you know what? You work through it and, <laughs> and things happen. And you just become family in the process. But I think um, that's the best part is the feeling of family. And I'm super blessed. I have a huge family in this church. I have a sister there, a sister there. And then my parents are the blues. And um, we're a little competitive. And... Um, <laughs> So I have a feeling we're going to be like kind of vying for people. So when you're outside and you leave, come talk to us, okay? Even if you go to one of their life groups. I was going to encourage you to try changing it up. I'd, like um, other people said, we won't be offended if you go somewhere else or, or if you've been going somewhere for so long. I just feel like there's, I don't know, there's something that happens when we get comfortable. And it's not that it's not a good thing to grow and, and to get that level of comfort. But if we stay there, we don't keep growing, so we want to push ourselves into uncomfortable situations for the sake of continuing to grow. So we, I just want to encourage you guys to do that. We hope you'll come out. We're not meeting this week, but next week um, we'll meet at 5, food at 5.30, and hang out and have fun. We hope you'll come. Awesome, awesome. Excited about that, you guys. All right, Molly and Barb. This is our Mary and Martha's group, and they will explain a little bit about what their vision and what their focus is. Right. I am Barbara, and this is Molly. We meet at Molly's home, usually 1 o'clock on Sundays, right after second service, and food at 1.30. But our main focus is towards all of those ladies that come to church by themselves or church activities. We want to reach out to each one of you and let you know you're welcome in our group. We want to make it available and that you feel comfortable to share with whatever your needs are, concerns, that we can walk through that with you, let you know that we will be there for you. We, again, like some of the other groups, have a text uh, site that whenever a need is needed by someone within the group, they put that on there, and it's just amazing how many people respond to that. We have some real prayer warriors in our group, and we are just so blessed by that. I uh, want to share, I agree with so many that have said that they didn't know some of the people within the church other than just a name and a face or where they sat in the, on the chairs and stuff. And you get to know them personally when they come to your life group and you get to hear who they really are, their background, their needs, their, uh, their uh, own personal stories that they want to share with you and that they feel open enough to do that. Uh, our main focus really though when we discuss the messages that the pastors give are that each person will have a fuller and better understanding of God's word, the knowledge of it, and that each person will come and to a deeper personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you are not part of a life group, I would just encourage each one of you to get involved because you truly will be blessed by it. You want to reset that mic? <laughs> hey guys, I'm Molly. Um, 
I personally have a heart for single moms. I have been a single mom for eight years, and God has led me through so much. Um, I would not have made it to where I'm at without him. Um, but uh, all different kinds of ladies attend our life group, single, divorced, married, and maybe their husbands aren't comfortable coming to life group with them. We have ladies like that that come. So all different kinds of ladies are welcome. We have younger and we have older, and it's really awesome because the the interaction between them. I feel the younger ladies get wisdom from the older ladies and the older ladies get insight from the younger ladies on what does this mean? What does that mean? So it's, it's a really great group. We are meeting today at 1.30 uh, because we will be here at the church a little bit later. Um, oh, and my house is very kid-friendly. Um, I also own a daycare. It's out of my home, so bring your kids. Thanks, guys. Amen. All right. Well, thank you, all of you life group leaders, and thank you, church, for uh, uh, allowing us to do that. Let me ask you, life group leaders, if you would, to make your... You guys go ahead and go on out um, into the front yard area there. You know, let me close with this. One of the things as a church that we came in with the desire to do and something that we still have the desire to do is to change, to see the landscape of our community transformed and changed. And as, as a church, with all the different things that have happened, that we have had some wonderful inroads into seeing that landscape changed. We have had a wonderful influence, and I know that it's only the beginning. This is a huge dream. This is something that I want to share with you that we would share together. Because this dream only becomes possible when each person in the church begins to do what God has called each one to do. When we begin to take serious the commands that God has in the New Testament about loving each other. When we look around the church and, and look at all the people that are here, look at all the people that you don't know, look at all the people that desperately need someone to come into their life and to be a part of that and to love them and care about them, to actually want to know what's happening in their life. I, listen, I can't do that. I can't do it all. That's why we need you, life group leaders, to come in to do this. Because listen, when you get involved in other believers' lives, when you really begin to love people and care for people like the Bible says, you know what will happen? The natural result will be growth. Listen to what it says, and I'm going to close with this scripture. In Acts chapter 2, in verse 42 through 47, it says, they devoted themselves, to, again, they're talking about all these new believers that had just come to the Lord. They were talking about the church here. All these people that had given their heart to Jesus, to be followers of Christ. And it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. That's what they came together to do. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, and they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of the people. And listen, it says this, And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. That's what God did. Because when the world sees Christians loving 
Christians loving people the way God has called us to love other people, that we would begin to walk in the example that Jesus gave us as he was treating his disciples, that we would begin to treat others that same way, the result would be the same result that they had here. Because people want to be a part of that. People want to be somewhere where there's a genuine love for one another. And church, it's our responsibility to do that. And if we will, this is what the Bible tells us will happen. Is the Lord will add to our numbers daily those who are being saved. Look, do you care about the people that are out there? God wants to add to the church the numbers of people that are being saved. And we do that as we respond to him. You know what another natural response of us doing what God's commanded us to do is that discipleship will happen. Natural discipleship will happen. We won't have to have this special discipleship program or this, but you know what? People will begin to disciple people the way God intended for that to happen. And what will ultimately go on is that God will multiply the church. The question is this, and I'll leave you with this. Will you invest the time necessary to develop those types of relationships? That is up to you. Now, I know I took a lot of time today to go through a lot of stuff, and uh, maybe you may not have been as interested as other things. But I don't know that we could talk about anything more important. And the challenge is there for you. Will you respond as God has commanded? That's between you and him. Let's pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day. And thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in the hearts of men and women in this place today. Thank you, Lord God, for leading us and guiding us. I, I pray, Lord God, I, I don't know... I don't know what it is that you have for those, Lord, that are visitors or those that are first-time people here or those that uh, have been here for a long time, those who are parts of life groups already. Lord, I just know that you're able to speak in every circumstance, in every situation, into our lives what you have intended for us to receive. And I pray, God, that you would even now, by your Holy Spirit, begin to enlighten us into the way, into the places, and into the things that you want us to receive. I'm asking, Lord, that you would do just that in every single life, in every single ear that can hear. Let us hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. So I pray, Lord, that we would respond as you would have us respond and that we would do it, Lord, with a heart after yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Listen, I'm going to give you the, I'm going to ask you to do, I'm going to ask you to do it. And I know that it's intimidating. I know that it can be, you know, be a little anxious to do that. I know that it can be a little difficult. I'm going to give you, I'm going to ask you to do it in the words of my wonderful little grandson, Luke. Papa, I'm just going to do it afraid. Just do it afraid. Don't let fear stop you. I've asked all the life group leaders, they're, they're outside, that you saw the tents up out there. I'm going to ask you, even, you know, just go by and if nothing else, 
go thank them for the time and for the effort and for the fine. Listen, they make meals. They do that on their own. We don't, get, we don't pay them to do that. They do that out of their own and they make that sacrifice of their time every Sunday to put this together and to do this because they care about you. And if nothing else, go by and thank them. Go love on them. Go care. Let them know that you see that. Ask some questions and find a group that you would like to be a part of. Amen? Amen. Come on, amen? Amen. Amen. amen? God bless you. I love you, church. Have a beautiful day. I pray you will go be a part of a life group.